Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Apps. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. We were just in a car for four hours, so this is going to be... An episode. <laughs> and we also watched this episode three days ago. Days ago. So, man, you think it's hard when we can't remember things we watched, like, earlier that day or the day before? <laughs> All right. Dogs. That wasn't dogs. That was just some bottles fell over. I'm not going to edit that out. Gravity. Uh, that, that, is for, that is for the audience to experience. I'm not going to edit this episode at all. That's going to be the challenge. There's going to be no <laughs> editing in this episode. I'm not going to cut anything out. Oh, good, because the episode started so well. Well, I mean, I'll cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I won't. Who knows? It's a mystery. It's a mystery. All right. Uh, hey, we're, this is Mystery Outsiders and Abs. It's a show where if we uh, talk about teen dramas. We did establish that. Yep, it's not a, it's, it's not a show. I imagine people start on an episode that's like partway through a season. <laughs> season seven of season three of an old TV show. <laughs> episode seven of season three of an old TV show. Yeah, I imagine... I, I have thought about this, like... Do you, Where do people start with this? I, I imagine that since our premise is, you know, Teen Jump of Fancast, and I don't naturally expect they'll go, like, right to the beginning. And I like to think that we at least keep the series as kind of separate. Though I yeah. Think, I think you could start... Um, in, you could start at the beginning of season three of the OC. Yeah, I think we're one of those podcasts where uh, you know kind of what you get into, uh, though considering how, you know, uh, uh, it was Brittany, it was Brittany, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember who it was. Um, uh, I, I guess. I guess. Uh, I would say you say a friend of ours. I mean, a listener to the show. Yes, lis- lis- listener to the show. I'm trying to make it so it's connected to both of us. Yes, accurate. She is a listener to the show. A listener to the show. Um, uh, she she mentioned that she listened. This came in halfway through. Um, and did not get the running jokes. So, hey, we're not going to explain those. We're just going to keep doing them. And you'll have to go back and figure out where they started, because we don't know. <sighs> Accurate statement. But let's get into the OC. Let's stop talking about people who listen to the show. Though we like you. <laughs> Though we do like you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's start talking. Oh man, it's we've been in a car for four hours. It's, it's the thing where everybody's been on long car trips. You know that they're weirdly tiring, so you get this. But also, you're not tired, so you get this weird energy. And then you make a you. choice to drink a Red Bull or a Monster Energy drink, and now That's, that that was a hey, that was a well decided choice, so that I could be awake for what we're doing right now. I also drank one. <laughs> Just so you know. I know you did. Yours was smaller than mine. That's the size it comes in. Red Bulls have a... They, no, they have, like, the, the shuttle sizes. Oh. Yeah, you get big ones. Oh. Uh, <laughs> what a discovery. The nice thing with the monster was that theirs are resealable. Uh, so, so you don't have to drink it all at once? Yeah, or you can, or you can drink it over four hours and it won't, uh, you know... Mm. It'll still, get cold, it'll still get warm, but it won't but be cold But at least anymore. it won't go flat. Yeah, exactly. Hey, let's talk about the OC. Yes, let's right, do that. Let's get into it. Uh, so this is the OC. It's season three, episode seven, The Anger Management. The Anger Management. What anger- a name is this? Well, it's a 2003 comedy starring Adam Sandler and Jack Nicholson. Oh, I forgot about that movie. That's clearly what they were referencing. 
I suppose so. <laughs> or they're meth or they're referencing um, Ryan's really good method of anger management that comes up later. Mm, we'll talk about that. That people are troubled by? Yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, we're not going to talk about the movie uh, Anger Management starring Adam Sandler and Jack Nicholson because no. I have not seen it in a decade. But what we will talk about <laughs> is a pretentious movie that Seth makes his friends watch and they okay. do not get it. No, no, it's because, no, it's not a pretentious movie. It's It's the flying guillotine, which is just a Japanese, like... Like oh, I, I thought know. it was like a pretentious anime. No, no, no. It's a, it's actually a, it's an actual movie. Oh, it's called the Flying Guillotine, and it's just like a, fun a martial movie. martial arts flick. It's just a forward martial arts flick, and they give him a lot of a lot of guff for it. And <laughs> you think Summer would love that? Yeah, it's not so much demonstrations of rage. Yeah, um, but then they, they of course they bring up that they much preferred Bring It On, which don't get me wrong, it's actually a fine movie. Yeah. Yeah, but... <laughs> but, like, come on. They're having lots of fun together. They chant the Bring It On cheer. Well, so he mentions the movies later, and I do think those movies are not real. I don't know. I know The Flying Guillotine is real, because it ha- literally does have that hat that they throw, and then it can chop people's heads off. Well, if we did a, a better podcast, we would have looked up those future movies. <laughs> but instead... I'm, I'm presuming they're not because you actually see posters and stuff of them, and this one they just talk about. And you're allowed to talk about films in things. It's not copyright infringement. That's true. In yeah. fact, it's advertisement. Yeah. I th- but I think the ones where they literally see posters and he gets like a DVD of, I don't think... Are real. Are real. But I do know The Flying Guilty is real. Anyway, this whole talk is really just... I mean, number one, a setup for something that'll come later, but just a distraction for... Voychuk! Yeah. I love Voychuk. He's (sighs) such a jerk. Voychuk has decided after he got punched in the face and seeing the last time on Mm -hmm. and seeing the face he made, man, he really did love that punch. It, it... He loved it so much. Oh, it, it... It, it got him. It got him hard. And now all he wants is to be punched again. Oh, he he has... He, he's definitely in love with Ryan and does not know what to do with those feelings. So he sees Ryan. He goes to where Ryan is. And then he judges Ryan for being in the exact same place he is. And he brings along his uh, early 2000s new metal band, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> That's accurate. It. The, those people look like they should be in, like, corn or Limp biscuit. They have the, I love his buddy's lame tattoos. Like, come on. Them not scary. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if, if you told me that these people, like, opened for, opened for Limp Bizkit, I would be like, no, nah, that makes sense. I can see that. And they're just looking for that record deal so they can sell out. But until they get then, what Volchek really wants is that he really wants to fight Ryan. No reason. No real prompt for the fight. The- but hey, <laughs> let's just go out back and tussle. Well, we want a rematch. I'm like, you were punched Once. once. This cannot be the first time that you, Volchuk, has been punched in the face. Once. So, <laughs> you're telling me that you every time someone punches you in the face, like, oh, no, no, let's do it again. <laughs> let's do it again. He doesn't even have, like, a face bruise. Well, I do not know how long. This is not at, like, Riverdale, where they try to make it very clear how far after things are. This is an indeterminate amount of time. That's true. Any amount of time could have passed. Yes. Because uh, people hold on to the emotions for a long time. Well, speaking of, I guess, emotions. Sandy's getting ready to go to work, and he needs help tying his tie, because it's his first day at the job he's been doing for months. <laughs> that he is the owner of. He is the CEO of a company, 
And Kirsten's like, Sandy, you've actually been the CEO no, for months. No one has ever brought up the fact that it's like, Sandy, are you sure you want to run a real estate company? Should you perhaps hire someone into that role who is not Matt? Yeah, I guess Matt's the one. He's like, ah, oh, he's got the... <laughs> He's got the knowledge, this young boy. My senior level staff, who's been working here for years, they don't know. But this 26-year-old who kind of reminds me of me, I oh mean, yes. That's fair. they mostly been making a magazine. That's true. They've been so far away from the real estate. Anyway, uh, so while he's doing that, Kirsten is working on that benefit slash scam. And she makes an insane statement. I'm so stressed out, for I have never thrown together a party this quickly. Which is a bold-faced lie. <laughs> it is wildly inaccurate, because like, oh. we have watched this show. <laughs> and, the, and parties are planned in, like, an one hour. and a half to two days. I've seen them plan a party for that night. That's true, they have done that. Uh, but I guess maybe because this one's a benefit, there's a lot more to it. Anyway, that's going to be on Sunday, so that's a setup. Sunday's uh, <laughs> a good time for a black tie event. Sure. It might be Saturday. Who knows? No, no it's, it's Sunday. Sunday. It is Sunday. It's Sunday. Yeah. Uh, so she's yeah, so she's working on the benefits slash scam, which she doesn't realize is a scam. And she wants her boy's help. And Seth's like, I do not help adults with anything. And Ryan's <laughs> like, don't worry. Myself and my son will be there. <laughs> yes, I will I will bring our son with us. It's fine. Uh, and that's and mostly that I was just there for Sandy could be like, no, look, this is very important for your mother. This must go off, off like flawlessly, which doesn't become like a theme for the family because it doesn't really <laughs> become a theme at all anywhere. Because like, Kirsten wants this to go well, but she's not particularly stressed. You know what I mean? Like there, it's, yeah, it's, there, we've seen her stressed before. Yeah, there's no time where it feels like these people are like, oh no, you're right, we do need to make sure it's good. The only thing we get out of it is I guess that's the reason why Sandy isn't telling her his stress. But I mean, yeah. he would have done that anyway. Yeah, Sandy does not, you know, even if she wasn't playing a benefit, he would have been like, hmm, she just came home from re rehab. Better keep my stress to myself. Where's my boy, son, co-dad? Where's, <laughs> where's my Ryan? Ryan, come here. I need to tell you something stressful, and you can tell me something that I will help you with. That will make me less stressed. Ron, I want to introduce you to your new son slash co-dad. No, just son. This is Matt. Matt works for me. He's also my son. But you are above Matt. <laughs> Matt, the hierarchy of our family is weird. Seth is at the bottom. Don't get me wrong. Seth will forever be at the bottom. <laughs> There's Seth, Lindsay... Who we have not seen in a while, but she's still in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Seth, who did not come back for the reading of the will. Nope. Even though she definitely would have thought she would... Did no one tell her? No. <gasps> did no one tell her her dad died? Oh, 100% they all forgot about Cause it. Because you know who else was not the reading of the will? Haley. <laughs> I do think Haley got lip service. I think they mentioned that... She, she had already come back from Japan once. Well, she either couldn't make it or didn't care... There was something there. There's something that was a one-off line that sort of explained it, but not Lindsay. Uh, They've they, forgotten about Lindsay. They've definitely forgotten about Lindsay. Uh, no, it's Seth, uh, Lindsay. Uh, Marissa when she lives there. Marissa when she lives there. Matt. I say Matt's higher than Marissa. Yeah, Matt's definitely higher than Marissa because yeah. Matt gets Lindsay responsibility. Lindsay might be higher than Marissa when Marissa lives there. Mm, you might be right. Using, I think. I think the thing is that I that we don't set this at the bottom. Yep. I I do think it's Marissa than Lindsay. 
Yeah. Matt's there just because he can legally drink. So And, and he is given responsibility for meeting with accountants. That's true. So Matt and then Ryan. Well, Kirsten's a floater. Kirsten. Sometimes Kirsten's below Ryan. Uh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Kirsten, I, I don't know how this hierarchy works. Let's imagine it's like some sort of uh, kingdom, maybe. Maybe Kirsten's like a baron, S. Sure. I don't know how hierarchies of... I chose the wrong metaphor. I chose something I have no idea of enough. Let's imagine these people are the menu for McDonald's. <laughs> what? Seth is a cheeseburger. All right. Uh, Marissa is a junior chicken. Is a junior chicken better than a cheeseburger? Uh, to me, it is. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's chicken versus the beef that is in everything else. That means right. it's different. Okay. Um, what I'm getting to here is that Kirsten is a fish fillet. Ah, which sometimes you really, really want. <laughs> but, it, but then you regret when you get too much of it. <laughs> Accurate. This, uh, <laughs> so this means one's nothing. sideways. Um, over at somewhere. It's Summer's house. Summer's house. Good, yeah. good. Marissa angsts about the fight. Yeah. And Summer's like, well, maybe you should stop playing the boys against all the other boys, Marissa. I don't do it on purpose. And to be fair, she doesn't. She does not. And Summer's like... I know, but you need to be aware of what's going on. Johnny definitely loves you. But Marissa's afraid. Like, but if, like, here's essentially at this point, she's playing uh, Schrodinger's relationship. If she asks him that, uh, if, if he loves if her, if he loves her, then she's now going. To, and he says yes. Then, she, then like that's just going to make it awkward. If she asks him if he loves her and he says no. That's going to make awkward. it awkward. So she'd rather have the cat be both alive and dead and keep Johnny in a box. And what I don't like about this scene is she refers to Casey as his psycho girlfriend. She... And I'm like, Marissa, Casey has been decidedly not psycho. Like, like, she was very chill with you. Yeah, don't get me wrong. She did She did, she did a bad thing. But that does not, ma- <laughs> but it does not make her a psycho. No, dude who was, dude who was more of a psycho... Marissa? Marissa's ex. Oh yeah. Yeah, Alex. Luke? Alex, Luke. Luke. And and even Alex will like Alex who would probably do something more psycho cuz she brought a bunch of people to beat who riot up? Yes. Maybe Marissa? No, she was going to fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they did go to fight Ryan. They she definitely had uh boys with her to to do some fighting. Um so if you if you're going to put a psycho ex modifier on someone, Casey's the most chill person there. She was just sad and decided to leave Johnny before he left her. <laughs> well, they're not the only ones who's talking about Volchuk and uh Johnny. Seth is trying to convince Ryan to not 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 the English language sucks to not not fight Johnny, but to not accidentally fight Johnny. And Ryan's like, "I'm a dad. This episode, I'm not gonna fight anyone." Yeah, I I do like that. That's I can actually see that. That that says like, "Look, I've just it's been years. I know that you might accident like you fall forward, your fist comes out, punches someone in the face." So Ryan, if you're gonna fight, just choose to fight. And then we bring in. Who is quickly becoming my favorite character? <laughs> uh, Taylor. Who is so excited to see Seth at school. She loved the, she loved everything he did at the lock-in. Oh, she fawns over him and says the lock-in was great and everyone else thinks it, it's great, which was a lie. And Ryan gives a lot of side eyes. Uh, and then she asks Seth to plan the Christmas dance with her. And Seth's so like, 
Oh, no, you should do it with Summer. <laughs> Summer wanted to do it. Summer plans dances. I just eat pizza. The cuts away to Ryan and Ben McKenzie's face acting should win every award. It's so good. It, it should win the Oscars and the Emmys. And, and the, the Grammys. The Hugos. The Tonys. <laughs> the Nebulas. The Aurora Awards. The Nobel Peace Prize. And... Huron Heights Haida Award for Excellence in Drama and Performing Arts. Yeah, which, I mean, he'll I'm sure he'll appreciate. Uh, the point is that throughout that thing, uh, <laughs> Ryan immediately sees what's happening here. And Seth does not. Nope, Because if there's one thing we know about Seth is he does not know when women love him. <laughs> it has been an ongoing plot point. <laughs> Speaking of an ongoing plot point, three women... Is the only thing I wrote down, because I didn't want to write all their names, so I wrote the three women. And that would be Kirsten, Julie, and Charlotte. Well, their plan in this benefit slash scam. It turns out that Kirsten's so good at planning events, it seems that Julie and Charlotte will each get $300,000. So Kirsten does not know this. No. <laughs> but what they're saying is that they already have... It's not... It's not it's, it becomes... It's not that they're donations. They've had pledges, which means they have not actually donated yet. Yes, but they've promised to donate. Yeah, and they're already at about 600000 which is <laughs> six times the amount that Charlotte said, which I know makes it seem like, oh, there we go. So the, actually, they're thinking they'll get more. It makes it feel like Charlotte's just like, oh, man, I could get so much more money than I thought. Well, speaking of so much more money, turns out that Charlotte's trying to play a player. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, okay, it's been days. Yeah. Is this the scene where she talks to her weirdo on the phone? No, but let's do that anyways. Okay. Um, turns out this whole thing, because this is all the same dinner, I think. Um, turns out this whole thing is exactly kind of what I thought it was, which is Charlotte's just going to con Julie and just leave with all the money because, I mean, yeah, I guess she's not a totally terrible criminal. But, like, she did carry around all her fake IDs in yeah, her purse. and we will never let her forget it. But, yeah, so she's talking with her uh, her sketchy, the flower guy. Yeah, you know. They give us a name at some point. I have no what, recollection of that. What is his... Deal? ...thing? How like, is he helping with this? I have to imagine he's the capital, right? It's his money. It must be. Because otherwise, why is he around? Why he's is he around? He's contributing nothing to the scam. Yeah, because I feel like he sh she could also just skip town on him, is she True. supposed to be such a good criminal disappearing? Unless uh, the car is his car. Maybe he's her driver. <laughs> I would skip town on him, but unfortunately, I don't have a license. You have four licenses. But my deep secret, I never learned to drive. <laughs> we saw you drive Kirsten around. Look, I don't like driving. If I don't have to, I won't. <laughs> So I keep him. <laughs> Even if it means that I have to have a criminal co-conspirator, I do not drive. I am Charlotte. Maybe? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I would love to reveal that Charlotte was his real name. I want her to <laughs> I want her to be repeatedly explained how terrible of a criminal she is. Well, speaking of uh, people who are not terrible at the things they do. <laughs> Man, our segues are on point. <laughs> speaking of on point. Taylor Townstead. Pins down Ryan in the hallway. Yeah, she leaps on him like Batman from a gargoyle. And she goes, so? Are Summer and Seth like Brad and Jen? Are they ready for Angelina? I'm Angelina in this metaphor. Um, I want to tell you something, Aaron. Uh, and I don't know if it's a sign of 
the times or just that uh, how I was not paying attention. She said Brad and Jen, and my mind went, what characters are those? <laughs> and then it wasn't until she, like, left, and her final line was like, Brad and Jen were solid. I'm like, oh, like the real people. <laughs> well, I mean. 2004. To be fair. <laughs> five. Seven. Started in 2004. Yeah. 2007. To be fair, Brad and Jen were so long ago that now Brad and Angelina have broken up, so... I, I, I think that uh, I don't like when people refer to celebrities by only their first name. Well, you know what? Maybe uh, maybe Taylor is friends with them. Well, nope, she's not. She has no friends. <laughs> oh, that's right. There's, if there's one thing that's been made clear to us over and over, Taylor Townsend has no friends, even you... though she was introduced, I thought, as a popular kid. Yeah. Like, how did she get control of I, the social club? I think we just assumed that because when we came in, she was control of the super of uh, the social club. And usually, usually the the main four, their battle is against popular kids. This is the first time that the main four are punching down. However, I thought that Marissa and Summer were popular kids. No, no, they were popular kids. But remember, there was the whole thing in like the first season where like Luke, Marissa, Ryan, and Seth were all the losers. Yeah, I thought Summer was still popular. No, I think Summer just lost it by proxy. She started dating Seth and his friends with Marissa. And Summer probably has no idea that she's not popular. I don't think she cares, actually. Which is why when she took over the social committee, everyone was like, oh my god, Summer, we love you so much. Because <laughs> like, Summer don't care. She's like the honey badger. Like, like, yeah, it's it's wild because when you first met her character, you, you think her character arc is like she's the one who's popular and wants to keep being popular. I think Summer's just like Summer. She's very comfortable in herself. Yeah, she is. Yeah. 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 It, except for when her boyfriend writes a comic book. Yeah, but it's more of her being uncomfortable because she does not like nerd nonsense, I guess. I guess. Anyway, Ryan has been to pin down Taylor and she's just trying to figure out Seth and Summer's relationship. And Ryan is like, you need to not. <laughs> you need to. Oh my God, you're worse than Jimmy at this. You've got to settle down. Get some cool. <laughs> Get some chill. So Sandy is like hardcore running the Newport group. Yeah. Like he has decided that a quarter of all developments will be low income. He made Matt a VP? senior level VP. VP. Matt Ramsey, by the way. Um, he's the VP of, de of developments while Sandy is president and CEO unfortunately Sandy that... <laughs> may be good at speeches but none of this changes the fact of the reason the sale was going to happen which is the company is still broke but only needs to fire 90 nine people. people no not 90 nine did I you, I did not say 90 I probably mumbled something out there but it's nine people they only need to fire a hundred people now, out of a cannon there's no way that there's not like 300 people who work for this company so I'm doing a little, like, mental retcon. And I think by fire nine people, Matt means fire nine, like, High level. directors. Yeah. yeah. And fold-up companies. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that's going to be the thing that Sandy's dealing with. She, he really picked up a live bomb here. He was like, you know what? This is a good idea. Because Matt told me to give him a chance. Look at how sparkly this bomb is. Oh, I love how sparkly this bomb is. Oh, Sandy. Don't pick up bombs. So Marissa makes a bold choice, which is to tell Chili about what's going on. <laughs> she could have told no one. <laughs> but instead she tells Chili. And says that she wants to hide the Volchuk situation from Johnny. Who but... immediately overhears this. <laughs> and he's upset because Johnny is Ryaning here by being like, it's not Ryan's fight. 
It's my fight. And Marissa's like, you both need to settle down. Although, to be fair, Ryan is, like, distinctly not engaged in this situation. He punched Volchuk once, and Volchuk was, I'm attracted to this boy now. Like... That was the first time Volchuk had seen Ryan. Yeah, it's true. And he is completely devoid like, his attention's been taken off Johnny and put on Ryan, because, man, that guy punched me in the mouth. And that's what I like. And I like it. That's my fetish. Like... Johnny tries to run off to go fight Volchuk to, like, protect himself and not make Ryan do it. And Marissa says, and I quote, what is it with you two? I'm so sick of this. <laughs> and I say, Marissa, when is the last time that Ryan tried to fight someone? Like, went out. Taylor. Taylor? <laughs> no, not Taylor. Um, Sorry. I don't oh, know. Oh, his brother. Johnny. No, Johnny. Well, barely. Yeah, but I mean, the the... the, the she still saw, like, the intent, but, but I mean, that was a different reason, like... Because she was standing in a corner talking to a strange man and crying. crying. <laughs> which looks... Which Very looks bad. suspicious from the outside. Like, yes, I know Ryan went out to kill his brother, but to be fair, <laughs> his brother did sexually assault his girlfriend. Yeah, the... These, Wojciech these... is just a man who wants so badly to be punched. And he is a man. Uh, I do not want... I do not want that to be misunderstood here. Wojciech is a man. And we will see how much of he, of a man he is as he sits on Ryan's car with his other friends and his full beard. He does do that. And guess he doesn't he doesn't have school cuz once again, he is a man. So all he does is eat lunch, have a picnic on well, Sandy's car. Sandy's car. He need, these grown adults need to get need to leave this high school. Yeah, they need to get over it. <laughs> it's it, it, this is this is the first time I think in the OC where I'm like, you want us to forget these kids' age. Because Ryan is like 17. Yeah, they're in grade 12 now. Yeah, so I guess Wojciech could be like 18 or 19. But his friend has like a very thick, like... Yeah, like it's a like lot a of beard. So they got a lot of beard. And if you're trying to tell me like, oh no, they're just like, you know, 18-year-olds who have very strong beards. And some of them do, but all of them do. Yeah, it's too much. And one has tattoos. And I can see what Wojciech looks like. Like, we've seen him shirtless. <laughs> that is not a teenage boy's body. Not a teenage boy. Anyway, they're they're trying to make Ryan... Mad. Mad. And Wojciech's like, I'll find your trigger. Is it me keying this car? And Ryan's like, absolutely not. Well, there's a moment where Ryan, like, tenses his fist. And he's like, he's like I guess we'll just leave and come back later. I guess I'm going to do the thing that I was always told to do in D.A.R.E. classes, <laughs> which is walk away. Yeah. And in a shocking turn of events, it works. <laughs> yeah, Wojciech's trying to sell him drugs. And Ryan says, hey, Ryan, why don't you fight me? And also, do you want any cocaine? And Ryan's like, we already had a cocaine storyline oh, last season. I'm uh, going over here now. That's fair enough. Don't want to reuse storylines. But what if I write a cuss word, <laughs> a TV-appropriate cuss word on your car? <laughs> Ryan's like, eh, not my car. <laughs> Boy, you're going to make my dad get confused. <laughs> and then Voychuk gives up before writing all of the word. He but, really just writes little b. No, he, but he does, because Sandy realizes later that his car is... <laughs> Little bitch. <sighs> uh, all right. Uh, Marissa comes by uh, the next morning because she also knows about the car. Yes. She is so proud of Ryan for walking away. And again, we've been watching the show for three seasons. Like 80% of the time, he walks away. Also, like, okay. It's, it, 
it's infuriating this came off of that essentially Ryan punched Voidchuck once, and everyone's like, oh god, what if he hits him more? I'm like, the... The, the last time he had the big fight was Trey, but everything before that, he really has been a one-punch-and-done guy. Yeah. And usually, it's because, I mean, he punched uh, Jack Hess once, but once again, he was assaulting his girlfriend. So you not know, even his, not, He was assaulting a student. Yeah, and there really should have been more repercussions for Dean Jack Hess. I would like to see if just some random other kid came flying in and punched him in the face. Like, well, he was assaulting a student. Someone had to stop Someone him. Someone had to stop this Our- girl. Our words were not working. <laughs> the power dynamic in this scene was unbalanced. I mean, in this event in real life was unbalanced. <laughs> I'm not an I'm not just a guy on a show. What? <laughs> Dean Jack Hess had all of the power. <laughs> anyway, I'll never be seen again. Goodbye. Uh, so yeah, she comes by, she sort of congratulates him. Then we learn that that Ryan has chosen a healthy way to deal with his emotions. He's put, he's put up a punching bag, but Marissa's worried. Marissa's horrified <laughs> by she's this. Like, You're gonna train to fight with it, and he's like, "No, I was just gonna punch it." I, my my emotions, I will work through them in a physical manner yeah. while punching the bag. And she's like, oh, "That's not healthy." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the moral is here, but Marissa does not like it. <laughs> Let's cut back to someone who does like what they're doing, because she does not realize what it is, and that is Kirsten, who is setting up food for this benefit-slash-scam. She's busy planning, but she's also going to go and relax afterwards and take some Kirsten well, time. Because if the food gets there too early, it'll be pudding. Everything will be pudding, and no one wants pudding. So... Bringing the food later. Now she does a spa. Yeah, I, I do like the entire situation. Was like, don't bring the food at four. It'll be there. It'll turn into pudding if you're bringing that. Like she does this whole thing, and then she's like, "Yeah, six will be great." Which makes me believe the person she was talking to. She was like, "You can't bring it at four. It'll be all this." Like, we can bring it at six. We can bring it at six. We can bring she it. Like, curse it. We can bring it at six. Just, oh, six. Yes. <laughs> I'm really glad I talked you into this. But this is a scene where we learn that while Sandy may be very emotionally stressed. Kirsten has learned how to find balance by creating or planning a scam fundraiser <laughs> that she doesn't know is a scam. Mm, what a sweet benefit slash scam. It's a benefit for her. Yeah. <laughs> Kirsten is finally doing good. I, well, I would say, oh man, is Kirsten just going to be like a party planner? No, we don't reuse storylines. That's Julie's storyline. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Julie's storylines are brought up and dropped very quickly. It's true. She is the Homer Simpson of the show where she just gets a job and then... Then just moves on. Learns nothing. Doesn't grow. Actually, she has grown and changed a lot. Yeah. But... Well, um, on Kirsten's way out, she takes a little moment there to introduce a strange girl into her home. Though I... Okay. Taylor says Kirsten let her in. I have a question for you, Aaron. Do you believe this child? Absolutely not. I think she did what everyone else does and <laughs> walked around, around the back, back of the house and back. came on in. <laughs> and, I- and and maybe she saw Kirsten or Sandy and she was like, hello. And they were like, uh-huh, you're already in the house. You must belong. <laughs> uh, teenager, I assume you're pivotal to the plot in some way. Head upstairs or outside, whichever one you're going. Wait, do you, Are you planning on living here? No? <laughs> yeah, All right. Yeah, tell me if you're planning on living here or else it's entrapment. You living here? You planning on living here? Look, if you're going to live here, we'll move Ryan out of the pool house, so you just got to let us know. Do you have cocaine? Because we've done cocaine before. We're not reusing storylines. Drugs that are still allowed. PCP. Heroin. Molly. Maybe some 
pot. That would be fun. Whippets? That would be fun. It's 2007. People were into whippets in 2007, right? They were. <laughs> 2007. Or is whippets... Uh, when, is, when were whippets popular, Aaron? I feel like 2007. Mm, all right. Kids doing whippets. Anyway, Taylor is in Seth's room. And I'm a, I love this, how she clearly has an eyesight with the little Miss Vixen, um, like Standy, <laughs> but does not pay it any mind. But uh, she's full of love. She's full of esoteric interests that are the same as Seth's. I love that she, that, like, that's like, oh, man, Taylor, I gotta talk to you. And Taylor's like, I have feelings for you. And Seth's Let's like, do this. I was like, oh, I was going to say... I felt like you had feelings for me and you shouldn't do anything with them. But turns out uh, they're not so different. They both like uh, <laughs> cheesy Japanese splatter flicks. Which I don't think, like, I don't think she came there to be like, we have these things in common. I think she's genuinely. No, no. She, oh, she definitely is. I yeah. do believe that's a thing. Because he also says comic books and she goes, no, that's nerd stuff. That's true. <laughs> um, but she's like, no, no, we, we uh, can't get together. And then she Starts like trying to social engineer Seth by being by being like, "Hey, I heard you and you and Summer are breaking up. How did that make you feel when I said that?" And Seth's like, "Like you're a crazy person." Yeah, she read some books. But then, while she's still there, and uh, Summer calls to get Seth to do something with her, and she speaks, and then we have a great moment <laughs> where Seth, uh, Summer's like, "Who is with you?" And he goes, "I'm listening to This American Life." <laughs> And Summer says, is that that show about the hipster know-it-alls who talk about how fascinating ordinary people are? And I was like, mm, nothing yeah. has changed. Yep. Yeah. It's been 12 years. Ah, <laughs> uh, Summer. It's not This American Life, though. It's Taylor, and she is busy stealing Captain Oates for reasons. Oh, no, don't, don't get me wrong. Um, Taylor is doing something very malicious here. I wouldn't say evil, uh, but definitely malicious. She's definitely thought it out. Yeah, but yeah, even this moment right here where she says, bye, Seth, she clearly has to know that Summer would hear that. Because mm-hmm. this, this is a whole thing that she's doing. She is maybe the most brilliant person we've ever had on this show. She is sinister, but sad. Oh. Hey, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Uh, what made you happy this week? Um, this week I started my master's in educational research in adult community and higher education. I said happy. <laughs> it's very hard, but it's very fun. Okay, I'm still not seeing the thing here. <laughs> 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 I feel like I set up a premise and you've decided to <laughs> lie to me. No, it's so fun. I just get to hang out in a classroom and talk to smart people all day. <laughs> uh, that sounds like fun. It is fun. Yeah. Although there is a lot of reading. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we were we were gone this weekend, and you read that book that on it. How many? Why is why is a good section of the adult learning book like it's? I I obviously you read a lot more than that, but it feels like a good thing. The ad, section of that adult learning book is just them trying desperately to figure out what an adult is. Well, there was in fact two different adult learning books, and both of them tried to define adults. It seems to me that. I don't care. The reason we call it adult learning is not for, like, metaphysical reasons or, like, personality reasons. It's legal. You are an adult and you're learning. Well, it's like the last section of the book that I read where it was like, well, an adult is not a child. Yeah. So the reason we call it adult learning is because it's not children learning. It feels like someone... So no one enjoys writing uh, 
academic textbooks. It was like anything yeah, we learned. We learned that last night. <laughs> we learned that last night. Uh, no one likes uh, writing them. It, it does sort of feel like the writers of this book, they did the thing that other people do when they start essays where they're like, the dictionary definition of adult learning is... Merriam-Webster <laughs> defines adult as... Yeah, like to spend like two chapters trying to figure out what adult is sounds like they had two chapters that they needed to finish. Well, in case you're curious, audience, you are an adult if you have a full-time job, you own a house... You are married, and you have children. And if that makes you anxious, welcome to most of the, the young population. Kevin, what made you happy this week? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> as wealth going away this weekend, a little dog came to hang out with us. A dog who are, are, the, are house fosters, a lot of animals, mm-hmm. um, so all of them come through. Uh, this one uh, was adopted by some friends of ours. Uh, name is Win. Uh, she's like a Shih Tzu mutt. Yeah, <laughs> she's an animal, uh, and, and she, she loves Kevin. She's ver- she's very adorable. Um, it's great having her around. She has this thing where some of her, uh, her she has an overbite, and some of her teeth are not there. So her tongue sticks out the side of her mouth, and she looks like a drawing of a cute dog. And she is because so she'll just sweet. she'll just sleep, and her big long tongue will just hang out the side of her mouth, or just poke out this little pink bit. Uh, it looks like something that someone has planned in, like, a, a cartoon. Like, oh, that's a cute dog. Now, we will not be posting pictures of Wynn, for she is not our dog. But if you Google cute dog drawing, <laughs> that's what she looks like. If you Google dog, she looks like all of them. Adorable. She can be anything you want her to be. She both exists and does not exist at the same time. Schrodinger's dog. <laughs> That's two Schrodinger references in one episode. That's bad. So, uh, some people are not as happy as us. And though some people are Sandy, who tries to argue the numbers, he says, no, we will not fire nine people. I will not do it. I will come up with another solution, which is to cut my own salary by 30%, cut the benefit package. Well, no, no, no. he says he'll restructure the loans, eliminate perks. Right, not which, benefits. Which is different from benefits. Perks, I imagine, are things where it's like, oh, God. Uh, Starbucks every morning. Yeah, I imagine it's things like Personalized that. Personalized David T. order. Yeah, oh, uh, everyone gets 40 donuts every Friday, then we throw the rest at poor people. You can cut that. You don't need that. Muffins for every meeting that no one eats because they all ate breakfast at home. <laughs> so we throw them in the garbage in front of poor people. Uh, he, that's something that Caleb would do. It's true. Um, he, and he cuts his salary by four, by 30%, and they'll have to fire four people. Which is much better than nine. Yeah. But, however, it does leave them no margin of error. And Matt's like, this is a disaster. And Sandy's like, dude, we knew it was disaster when we bought the company. I don't know what you expected. I, I kind of want to point out that part of the logic there is also that 30% of Sandy's salary is less than five people. Yeah. Like... Also, <laughs> they did hire Matt. It's true. Who definitely has a VP level salary. I mean, Matt's might I I <laughs> Matt might be like a an s- intern. Technically intern. You know, he's our VP of intern or intern VP of intern. <laughs> uh he gets he gets paid in experience and good talks from Sandy. And he can have the leftover muffins. Wait, we cut the muffins. <laughs> No muffins. He has no muffins. 
hey, this, we're going to go to a scene that we have not seen in quite a while. It's the bait shop, and there's a concert going on. Now, uh, Johnny has been so sad about this fight situation, so they pity invited Johnny to the bait shop, which he sees through immediately. But he's fine with. And then they pity invite him to help set up the fundraiser. <laughs> which I'm sure he's less cool about, but he's Johnny, so he's going to say yes. Yeah, they're, they're not at all subtle. He's like, so uh, you guys are pity inviting me places, huh? And then Ryan goes, oh, yes, uh, right, I was talking to Marissa earlier, and I said <laughs> I needed help setting up the fundraiser, so uh, you want to yeah. <laughs> help me? Yeah, you want to be a bro, dude? You want to yep. cheer up? I became real good friends with Luke when Luke helped me set stuff up, so... Hey, hey Johnny, you want to be su- stop being such a drag on us? Yeah, he gets, Ryan gets really mean at Johnny, is what I'm it's saying. It's true. Uh, Meanwhile, Seth goes to go get some drinks, and who's there? Let's see the accumulation of Taylor's Gambit. So Taylor, I guess, tapped Seth's phone so she would know where he would be. Because <laughs> they have not been to the bait shop in, like, since, uh... Trey shot it up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's true. Uh, they, uh, yeah, she's she's followed them uh, at a distance. She knows how to follow people. It's what she does. Seth has an adorable scene where he tries to get drinks, and he's like, I used to work here. <laughs> Sell me beverages. Sell me drinks, and maybe alcoholic, maybe not. I've never got the concept of the bait shop. You have woohoos. Yoo-hoos? Yoo-hoos. Yoo-hoos. Give me Woo- the drinks that Woo-hoo are... Woohoo is sex in Sims. Sims, yes. <laughs> Those are different. But Seth just wants the drinks that are appropriate as a former employee. Well, Taylor kind of like... I mean, she's saying things to Seth, but she's more of just stalling until she knows that Summer will show up. And Summer goes, full rage blackout. Well, well, no, he's... So she doesn't... Summer's weirded out, obviously. But then Taylor does the thing, oh, by the way, here's Captain Oates... Thank you for lending him to me. He helped me tell my secrets to him. The, this this gambit required like Taylor has these two people pegged because she's like it's like she realized that Seth would not tell Summer that she was the one in the room because that is also that is also essential to this. It's true. Um, and also that Seth will not be able to get the explanation out fast enough for the oats thing. Like it's it is a insane plan that requires like social awareness. Luckily, Summer has now dated Seth for long enough that she kind of just calls him a jerk. She kind of calls him a jerk, and she's going to be mad at him for a while, but it's not going to be anything... Life-changing. Yeah. But something that does life-changing happen... Something does? Some... some hey, okay, Volchuk is here, is what I'm going to say. <laughs> Ryan figures it out, because he sees Volchuk's friend, and then I guess Volchuk is dating Heather? Well, I don't know if he's dating her, or if he's just like, hey, you're mean to Marissa. You want to come with me to be mean to Marissa? <laughs> and once again, Heather has one insult, which is that she knows Marissa shot someone, and that is the thing that Heather... Here's the thing about Marissa. There's a lot you can make fun of Marissa for. I'm not going to say it, because I don't want to be mean to her. But there's more things you can make fun of her for. I don't know why Heather... Even if Heather wanted to be like, oh, rich girl. I guess can't do rich girl because she's not rich anymore. Although they don't seem to realize that. Yeah, it's true. So she could have done like rich girl or even just like was raised rich. Raised rich. It's weird of her or to like, be like... her dad ran away or her <laughs> stepdad is dead. <laughs> I guess no one knows that Luke slept with their mom. But I mean, there's... There's a lot you can brag on Marissa for, but... And Heather keeps going back to the thing that Marissa is no longer particularly ashamed of. I mean... Marissa goes back and forth. Yeah. It's... I still go to is the thing that's like, well, 
Ha! You shot someone. Gotcha. <laughs> anyway, uh... Anyway, Ryan, once again, is like, no, no grown man. I'm not going to pu- punch you as a sexual favor. However, Volchuk does, like, as Marissa's trying to leave there, grab her, and he figures out that that's Ryan's trigger, because Ryan grabs him and just, like, slams him against the bar. And then Marissa's mad at Ryan, which seems like an <laughs> imbalanced reaction. So I, I sort of want to take a moment here. Uh, that's sort of aside from what you were saying here, but I want to take... A, take I guess the segue would be, do you know who wasn't mad at Brian? And I want to put, I want to put some focus. We don't, we do ever see that moment at the end. This is like a moment of greatness that I think needs a spotlight on it. And that is the bouncer who expertly assesses the situation, who sees what's going on. And even though Ryan was the one who threw Volchik against the bar, he's like, that's a grown man. (laughs) And went over and told Volchik to get out and doesn't even pay attention to Ryan. No, because Ryan is a, I mean, Ryan's a superhero, but he doesn't know that. All he sees is a boy. Or he does. (gasps) Maybe they're in cahoots. The fact that this bouncer has such a clear, like, focus on what's happening in the situation that he doesn't even, like, be like, and you're out too. He's just like, no, I know what happened here. That grown man grabbed that girl. He threw her against the bar. So I'm throwing him out. Ryan, who I've never met before. Great work. You can stay. So, um, award of the episode to that bouncer. And here's the thing. Men should not accost teen <laughs> girls or teen boys. <laughs> yes, full-grown Cam, Cam Giantes uh, should not accost <laughs> Young Ben McKenzie's. They might be the same age. We're not going there. <laughs> they do not look it in this scene. Uh, Something that's a problem, and Ryan talks to Sandy about it. And Ryan's like, you know what? I'm just going to walk away from a fight. <laughs> but we should fix your car. Yeah. No, I mean, well, really, Sa- Sandy's like, hey, you know, uh, you might be what's making... Something's making Volchik mad, but it's not you. And Ryan's like, I'm aware. Oh, I have a plan. I do want to say something about Volchek. I'm really happy that this show was written in 2007 and not 2019, because Volchek seems like the kind of guy who would call people cucks a lot. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, and no one wants to see that on their TV. I don't want to see that, but that, that's like, if, if Volchuk, the character of Volchuk was around in 2019, he'd be throwing around cuck a lot. Yeah. Uh, to an unfortunate extent. Yeah. So, <laughs> I I don't know why that's a thought I had, but I'm just glad that this show was written in 2007 and not uh, Year of Our Lord 2019. So instead, Volchuk just says, little bitch sometimes. They they get a lot of little bitch. He actually really doesn't insult Ryan a lot. He calls him rich kid a lot. He does call him rich kid a lot. Which doesn't bother Ryan because A, he's not rich, but B, he doesn't think rich is a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I don't know Volchik's background, because he can hang out at that school. He's definitely not... I guess guess he's probably just surfer bum kid. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. The the, the problem I have is that I I have this unfortunate thought where I think everyone in the OC is at least moderately wealthy, but that's not true, because as with any moderate, any wealthy... like population, there's always a poor population right next to it because that's kind of how that works. And that's what this show is about, too. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, then... Sandy gets a phone call. It's Matt. <gasps> He's got to go. <laughs> what did he say? What? On a Sunday? <laughs> no, don't do anything. I'll be right there. I'll be right there. <laughs> and we're like, cool. What a, what a weird... Seek... 
I mean, I sometimes I hear phone calls. I had a picture with what the other person's saying, and Matt is not saying much. <laughs> no, Sandy's just, hey, I'm at the office. What on a Sunday? Yeah, I thought I'd do this thing to help the business. I'll be right there. <laughs> All right, uh, let's, let's, start, let's start get through this. Marissa tries to uh, bribe Volchuk to re- leave Ryan alone. That's her big plan. Yeah, she bribes bribes him with like a super flashy Cartier watch, and then says that if that if he that if Volchuk does not upend his end of the bargain, she'll tell them that she, he stole it, which is great actually. Yeah, good work, Marissa. Like that's a hey, Marissa, good bribe. Also, she makes chili take her to Volchuk. So, way to read that scene, Marissa. Good work. <laughs> I need someone here to talk to. Um, Kirsten is, like, really obsessive about the event. I'm wondering if this is maybe going to be a storyline about how she has nowhere else to direct her energy and she does need to go back to work eventually. Maybe. That that wouldn't be a bad one, that she needs to do something. Because she can't be retired at Kirsten's age. Yep. Which we don't know. And we're not falling down that hole. And she has not made... what do you call it? Like, it's not like, like she's made a whole lot of money that she can retire at, like, a young age. Mm-hmm. She probably, you know, some people still want to work. And Kirsten is someone who likes to be productive. This is also the scene where Kirsten's going to start, um, <laughs> it's like she's become aware this is a scam. Because she starts talking to Julie in just very uplifting ways. Like, she's like Julie, I'm so glad that we're doing this together. Us, the two of us, this benefit, that's totally a benefit. And Julie's like, oh, dear God. Oh, no. Why? Because oh, Julie's worried. <sighs> Julie is worried, and she gets cold feet. So we'll sort of talk about that, I guess. She's she's worried because... Kirsten like, is her best friend. And, like, Somehow. Kirsten's going to be kind of... Like, obviously, she's not going to be blamed for it, but she's going to be, like... Like, Charlotte says, no, they're going to blame me because I'm going to skip town. I don't really understand how people are, people are going to find out this is a scam. Um... I mean, someone could. The thing, the thing is, I think if anyone would, it'd be cursing because she check up to make sure that the donations got, got to, to where, their place, got to where they're supposed to do, or she found the foundation would is like essentially a front because yeah. they actually have to set up a foundation that's going to be taking the money, which Charlotte's going to be taking all the money from, and half of it's going to Julie. Well, and at one point, Julie gets really stressed out because uh, Kirsten has to sign a liability agreement, but it's not for the money. It's just to, like, make sure the restaurant doesn't get trashed. Well, Julie is just having really cold feet about the scam because she's never done a scam like this before. She's never done a scam to someone she loves. She's only been blackmailed before. So uh, over at the Newport group, Sandy confronts Matt and he's like, no, Matt, I am the dad. I do the bad things. I will fire the employees, not you. Didn't even explain the scene. That's the scene. Matt thought that he should fire the employees. Yeah, Matt called four employees in on a Sunday because his reasoning was, well, then they wouldn't have to come in on a Monday. And be fired in front of their friends. Be fired on their friends. And Sandy's just like, no, 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 I fire people. Matt, you are a boy. And Matt's like, well, I thought that I would do it so you wouldn't have to do something bad. I do like Matt because this scene is not him like... I, I was worried they were going to do something where, like, Matt turns out Matt was actually, like, bad guy. This is just him being like, I want to be, like, the responsible adult mm-hmm. doing this stuff. And, and Sandy's like, no, I'm the adult. So I'm still worried there's a shoe that's going to drop, but so far, so good. I, I I like the concept of these two's character butting heads is that Sandy's like, I'm the adult. And Matt's like, I'm the adult. I'm helping you, Dad. I'm... <laughs> I have my big boy pants on today. Matt is an adult. He's a 26-year-old man who graduated from Berkeley. Yes, Um, but... But he also doesn't have a beard. (laughs) Matt also should not do the firing because the fact that he has a job means that four people need to be fired, not three people. So... (laughs) 
he's also the VP of development. Yeah. So, so he doesn't even fire people. The president and CEO, if he's willing to do it, he can do it. So let's talk about the party. It starts off with Seth apologizing to Summer, like, you know, poorly, but she's like, yeah, yeah, Seth, I've dated you for so long. Yeah, she gives him a slap, but, like, it's... Them fine. I mean, it's not great to, you know, slap someone you're dating, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I'd say about an eight on stability. Yeah. Um, Johnny apologizes to Ryan that Ryan had to do a punch, and Ryan's like, oh, I gotta punch people all the time. It's fine. Yeah. This happens every week. <laughs> Uh, this is sort of move into where Summer is actually worried that Taylor... She is a little bit worried. She's worried that Taylor's prettier than her. Yes. And yeah. Marissa is having none of that. However, Marissa <laughs> gets distracted. Because Heather, who is now involved... <laughs> shows up and says that Volchuk wants cash. He wants to return the watch. He wants cash instead. Because he like, can't pawn the watch right this second. And I'm like, that's besides the point. The reason it was a watch is so that Marissa could give him a little bit of, like... Blackmail. Blackmail. He, could, he couldn't just take $200 then keep trying to fight Ryan. Also, Volchuk might be the dumbest <laughs> villain we've ever had if he's like, hmm, $400 now. $4,000, or four th- No, $400 now, because Marissa says, well, I only have like 100 bucks. Oh, that's yeah. all I can give to him. Yeah. Or $4,000 tomorrow when the pawn shop's open. But, I mean, that's all a lie. Like, Yeah, what, I know. Clearly, this scene is... It's become so clear that this scene is Volchuk trying to kidnap Marissa. And Marissa literally walks into the van. Oh, yep. It's, it's like, like, no, I need the cash now. I owe people money. Get in the car and we'll go to an ATM. And Marissa's like, okay. Marissa, you don't have any money. Marissa, you... <laughs> Marissa, don't don't go don't get in a van in a parking lot with a new metal band. So if Lip Biscuit, the lead single <laughs> of Lip Biscuit, John Limp, his, his name is like Frank Dirt. Frank no, Fred Durst. Fred Durst. Thank you. I almost said Frank Durden. <laughs> that is a combination of two names that are not his name. Well, I'm going to tell you something about Fred Durst. It's that he is one on Rhea. And two, has an Instagram where he just posts pictures of the same type of classic car. Yeah, so if Fred Durst was trying to get you into a van, you say no. I don't want to see your classic car, Fred Durst. He might mean no harm, but But you you do not get in a van with Fred Durst. So meanwhile, Julie confronts Charlotte and says that she can't do the scam. And Charlotte's like, okay, I'll call the cops and said you made me do a scam. And Julie sees through that gambit. Yeah, uh, yeah. She does an announcement where she says that they've raised too much money and that they can, their um, little... Their foundation won't be able to take it. So instead, instead of writing your checks to, to us, to write, write it to like the National Substance Abuse Foundation. And Kirsten is so pleased with how much money they're raising. Kirsten's like, oh, cool, because they almost, they're like almost going to make a million. Yeah. It's, it is fantastic. Because I was like, what are you doing? And Julie's like... Call the police. What are you going to... You're going to call yeah. the police? What are you possibly going to say? I will just open up your purse and show them all of your IDs. No, don't do that. I can't keep them anywhere else. I'm Julie Cooper Nichols. <laughs> so, um, also, meanwhile, meanwhile, Taylor Townstead's mom... <laughs> Taylor invited her mom to and- show off to her mom that she has friends? Well, let's be clear. Taylor's mom insisted on coming along, right? Taylor was like... 
I'm going to go to a benefit for substance abuse victims to hang out with my friends. And her mom was like, oh, I got to see this. <laughs> As if you have friends. As if you... Like, the fact that she's standing there next to her daughter and was like, see, I told you you don't have any friends. There's no one here to see you. Stop lying to me. She is horrendously mean. She's like a fairy tale witch. She's... She has to be a stepmother, right? Like because because it's an evil stepmother thing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And of course, Seth is Sees there. This and it's like, oh and no. His, and his guilt floods over him, and he so he goes up like, "Hey, Taylor, friend." And Taylor's almost like, "Oh, this is the boy you bought a gift for him. You're obsessed with him. Is this the boy you bought the gift for?" And she did. She bought him like one of those the Japanese movies. One what? that was apparently really hard to get. It was. It's not sold in the states, but her cousin works for the Japanese version of one of the stores. So, <sighs> so she, like, like Taylor runs out, and we learn a lot about Taylor, which is that she thinks Summer's her friend, and Seth tries to tell her that everything's okay. And <laughs> grabs his hand and holds it against her face. And then he's like, okay, Taylor, <laughs> you need to be cool. Look, we can talk to... Like, I like you as a friend. We can talk tomorrow as a friend. If you're cool, you can be friends with us. And Taylor... This is another one of the things where Taylor is so happy, so it makes me so sad. And man, this actress is nailing it because she watches seth walk away and she touches her own face and is like it's happening and she like half skips off and i'm like it's like when she was texting with him like this this actress i should see more of her because she's clearly amazing she's so good she is so good autumn racer she's amazing amazing <sighs> Anyway, uh, let's let's head back inside. Where's Johnny and Ryan? And they're dressed nice. They're, and they're all... bonding. They're liking yeah. it. However, until... Marissa has been kidnapped and brought to under the beer because I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with Volchuk. <laughs> Why is this the choice he made? Volchuk's like, hey, cucks. <laughs> I kidnapped your girlfriend. I'm starting a new thing. <laughs> It'll be really hot in, in a decade with monsters. Why don't you cucks get to the bottom of the pier? And like, Ryan's like, Johnny, uh, Volchuk called us and he keeps calling us cucks. Like, I believe he's using the derivative of cuckold, which makes no sense. You know, that term which is primarily used in Shakespeare. For when someone's I wife guess, cheats I guess, on them. I guess Johnny is a cuck. But his wife did not cheat on him. No, but you think Volchuk cares about that? That's true. Technicalities. Anyway, J Ryan tells Johnny to call the cops. No, no, he, does, no, he doesn't no, have to call the Johnny cops. Johnny says to call the cops because he's like a functional child. And I thought that Ryan said, do it, I'm going to finish this, which is the <laughs> weirdest sequence of events. But I guess what he says is, don't do it, I'm going to finish this. <laughs> so he goes off to do that. All right. Uh, so uh, Summer. And uh, Seth. Yep, are hanging out. And she's like, where were you? What what were you doing? And he's like, okay, well, I have this movie, and Taylor Town's dead. So thinks this, that she is your friend. So another spotlight, I think, I want to do. This scene might be the greatest moment in, like, this show, because of how it shows off these characters. Because Summer gets, like, oh, Taylor, all that. All that Until Seth and says. Then, and Seth's, Seth's like, no. Like, it just shows how, how like, actually Seth might be... From being a really cr kind of a creep in the first season mm. to being 
really probably the nicest person on the show. Because, like, no Summer, Taylor has had a really rough time. So we are going to be... She thinks you're her friend. So guess what? You're going to be her friend, Summer. We're going to be friends with her. We're going to teach her how to function in society. And then this is, like, the crowning moment on this... The reason why I say this is the crowning moment is because <laughs> Summer's like... You really want to watch that movie, don't you? And he's like, yes. And we go now. And they go and watch it. Which is like, like, so Seth essentially stands up to Summer and Summer is like, let's go watch the movie that I hate but you love. So we're going to watch it together because we are a functional couple. Somehow we're the adults right now. Stability level 10. So good. So Johnny and Ryan drive to Voychuk. And Ryan decides he's going to use his head for once. Which means he's got a headbutt Voychuk. No, it means he's going to out-crazy Voychuk. Hmm. Okay, sure. <laughs> he plays fake crazy. He breaks a bottle. <laughs> he finds that there's a glass on a beach, because I guess it's the OC. Um, I don't, we don't go to beaches. I don't know what beaches are like. Yeah. We don't have beaches here. We live in the prairies. But he breaks that glass, <laughs> oh, and yeah. he brandishes his... It towards Wojtuk's chest. Wojtuk, who has kidnapped a woman and is like, oh, you know, come on now, let's fight. Ryan's like, fine, let's fight, and breaks a glass. And Wojtuk's like, oh, damn. He's like, I just wanted to get punched. <laughs> I don't want to get stabbed. I'll stab you, man. I'm crazy. Then he throws it. I don't know. He takes the bottle and gives him a two by four. <laughs> like, that's a fair trade. <laughs> let's go. Let's fight. You have reach, but I have a knife. <laughs> Just all like, bro, bro, it's just a joke. And literally, it's what he's doing. Oh, yeah. I, it's just a joke, bro. I, 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 I was just trying out some new terminology. Just thought <laughs> yes. I'd start up some cool slang. I used to, I recently, I recently read much to about nothing. Maybe cuckold is said in that. I'm just trying. Just trying. <laughs> oh, settle down, settle down. I won't call anyone a cuck anymore. Ryan, I'm an adult who's learning. <laughs> I mean, I'm not an adult because I'm not I'm married. A... I don't own a house. I don't have children. But right, was... <laughs> look by the st- by the states of 1980, by the standards of 1980, as an adult, I'm not an adult. But I do have a beard and <laughs> and a tattoo, which I think makes me an adult in like Nevada. So, uh, how about I'll go be an adult and you don't stop me? <laughs> I'm j- I'm just a man staring at a boy. Calling him a cuck. <laughs> and saying, please, punch don't, me in the face, don't but stab. don't stab me in the chest. Really, the, the what Ryan, I think, says here is more important, which is Ryan's like, just because your life sucks doesn't mean that you can, like, beat up on people. It's true. Which, Accurate statement. <laughs> which is real profound as he's threatening him with, like, a Johnny Walker blue bottle. And, uh... Vojtchuk, of course, runs off. I was really worried they were going to do another Marissa is mad at Ryan for saving her storyline. But if there's one thing we know about this show, they don't repeat storylines. <laughs> Marissa understands that Ryan was just playing crazy. Yeah. Uh, well, let's head over to the benefit slash not a scam um, as it winds down. And Kirsten has no idea what's going on behind the scenes. But she and Sandy reconnect and they had nights. Yeah. Kirsten and- had a great night. Sandy had a sad night. Um, we do get another explanation here where clearly everyone misunderstands who Caleb is because what Kirsten says to make Sandy feel better is, do you think my father would have cared about who he fired? And Sandy's reply was, yeah. Or no, no, or no he wouldn't have. Um, and he was successful. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he destroyed his company. We, we know 
right now, looking back, that he he had systematically over the run of his company destroyed it. Maybe by give maybe all the money he was funneling out of his company to into pay, Lindsay into pay for the daughter who he who was willing to go to jail not to tell anyone about. Yeah, maybe he wasn't a successful businessman. He was lucky. <laughs> yeah, he was just good at tricking people. He was a lucky idiot who got a real estate company. In a time where there were no real estate companies. In 1980. Was, was there a thing where, like, he had a business partner that he... Was that a storyline where he had a business partner that he, like, stole everything from? That feels like a thing the show had done. It does seem like a thing. Oh, yeah, wasn't there? Because there was that... No, there was a man who beat people up for him. Yeah, yeah, that was, there was that man. Uh, yeah. The point is, I wish the show would stop trying to say Caleb was a such a successful man. If How were... will we live up to him? The man who destroyed his company and told no one about it and left them with the sh- He left them with the shambles. And that's the thing, the OC. <laughs> you can't have it both ways. It's kind of like Riverdale when they keep trying to tell us that Hiram is successful. He's clearly not. Sandy is just picking up the pieces of Caleb's mess and they're like, oh, but how, but you know, he was ruthless, but he got it done. No, he was, he was ruthless and then he failed because he kept taking money from his company. Yeah. Like the, the only way he was living the life he was living and his company was in debt was because he was firing people. So he, so instead of, instead of paying off his loans and taking money, he was Jimmy. Well, no, that's not it. You're right. He was not, he was not embezzling from his company. You're right. No, you're right. He just... Was living on credit. But, that, but that's the way that he didn't have to cut his salary or have to do anything like that, though. But it was established. Well, no, he has personal debts because they took his house away. He has all sorts of debts. <laughs> but they did establish in season one that the only successful part of the company was the part that Kirsten ran. <laughs> and then she stopped running that part and then it failed. So, yeah. <sighs> all right. Well, they're, they're not the only happy couple sitting together. It's Ryan and Marissa sitting in front of the patio fire, which is a set piece I only saw last episode and now seeing you this episode. I'm sure it was there the entire time. I know, but this now I'm thinking. First time it's ever been used, I think. I think you're right. Anyway, so she's sort of talks about how Ryan's different now. And he wanted to hit, but he didn't. Yeah. And then he's like, hmm, indeed. And then she leaves and he goes inside and punches the the punches the punching bag. Which I feel like the show wants us to be worried about. Oh, he's so angry. Why couldn't he just not? But again. He, sh- he shouldn't do anything to deal with it. He should just. Not, not have those emotions. It's just not. Because that's how humans work. It's you like, can just say, I don't feel this way. I'm glad that they put rehab in such a good light. Because I'm, I'm pretty happy they didn't just be like, why wouldn't, wasn't Kirsten just not drinking? Why wasn't she just strong enough to why change was, her mind? Why wasn't she just not? Like, thankfully, they really put rehab in a good light. Which is the only, like, self-care they've ever put in a good light on the show. Because according to this show, therapy... Bad. Working through your emotions through ex- exercise, bad. No, here's the thing. I don't think they ever put the- therapy as bad. because they, I think they just put therapy as a thing these people are not getting but desperately need. Because Marissa was doing fine in therapy until Bolivar told her she didn't need it. <laughs> and the therapist they brought in was like, oh no, she doesn't need to like go away for therapy. She can just have therapy here. And Julie was like, no, she should leave. I just think the way the character, and I mean, it was a different time, and mm. therapy used to be a lot more secretive than it is now, yeah. so. Anyway. And it's fine if the characters think that therapy is... Well, it was just all of the characters thinking therapy was bad and something to be ashamed of. That's what 
muddled the messaging for me. I guess. I think the thing is we never really heard from reasonable characters their thoughts on therapy. Because the only one we got was, like, Julie and Marissa and all the status-obsessed ones. I'm sure Sandy's like, yeah, no, man, whatever. Well, maybe. Sandy seems to think you should just, uh, man up. Because we met his mom. His mom also thinks you should just ignore problems. <laughs> yeah, like but... her cancer. Yeah, but I think or that... her scammy fiance. Yeah, but I think that was uh, that was a sandy. That was a problem. That was a problem she had. But she overcame that cancer and she got rid of her scammy fiance. <laughs> Good for her. Great work, the Nana. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment moment where Logic decided to invent a new type of slang <laughs> and in that moment <laughs> tipped over the edge into drama? Oh, man. That's, that's really, that's the one you picked from this episode. It's hard, Kevin. Okay. No, I that's don't fair. plan anything ahead of time. That's fair. No, I, I, I understand. I understand. I just, that's the one you picked. Okay, let's... Well, here's the thing. Because my CW moment yeah. is both moments where Ryan and dramatically punches that punching bag. Oh, yeah. So I couldn't use that in the metaphor. That's fair, I guess. Because I really think him punching the punching bag is good. Well, especially the first one where it's like he set up the punching bag and then he like he's going to like pick up a wrap. I guess he was using like something to wipe off the, some of the grease yeah. from the punching bag he was putting up. I'm um, not punching bag. Obviously, it's the mechanics at the top of it, uh, which he just hung in the middle of his room. Yeah. Um, but like this music plays is this like dun dun. Done. And he punches it because Marissa did not respond well to his healthy choice. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, that's fine. Punching bags are fine to get out aggression. Human beings have aggression. Yeah, and it's you just need th- to process it. Especially hormonal teenage boys. Mm-hmm. And having ways to process it either of their punching bags or even video games. Things that let you process your, your um, emotions in a way that are not just like... And I can guarantee you, I bet Marissa and Summer both have journals. Journaling yep. is another healthy way to process your emotions. Yeah, yeah, those are the ways it works. There's a car alarm going off in the background. I do not know if that's being picked up, but we're going to push through it. Because we're almost done. <laughs> Kevin, did you find a CW moment? Yeah, and I don't like when I have to pick big, bigger moments or mm. moments that are essential to the story. Mm-hmm. Usually when I pick up my child, I think like, oh, maybe a different way of doing them. Because unfortunately, my moment was the first one where he punched and that music went, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, like, that's just a really weird stinger to bring in for that. So I'm going to say the fact that Taylor Townsend's mother was there. Like, why? Well, I mean, why? I guess we're led to believe that her mom is a part of society (laughs) i know we've never seen her before we've never seen taylor before i mean but i mean that's you know what to be fair it's a tv TV show show, and we can argue this a bit by the show is told mostly through the lens of ryan and seth this is is the problem that that i get with it is the way that her mom talks is like see i told you now your friends there which just really makes it sound like she just came along to prove her daughter has no friends and you definitely could have framed it better like taylor could have been like grabbing snacks or like standing in the corner and her mom could have come over yeah i I would say that even if it wasn't just taylor and her mom standing there like her mom was making sure that her daughter wasn't lying to her about having friends and instead her mother was like doing something else and then came over because taylor was in the corner and was like why are you in the corner i thought you had friends (laughs) yeah that way she could still be mean, but it wouldn't be this weird, like, focused meanness. Also, 
it's worth mentioning that <laughs> Taylor's mom does not care who Taylor's friends are. Nope. Just, she just she because she sees Seth. Seth, who historically I think every adult also knows is a loser. That's <laughs> true. The adults do seem to know he's a loser. Well, I mean, you know that's because Dr. Kim snitches on Dean. Dean, she's a doctor. Dr. Kim. Dr. Kim. Um, but Dr. Kim snitches on him like, hey, do you know that Seth's a loser? Oh, Dr. Kim probably holds like weekend book clubs where she just talks. Book clubs. PTA meetings. Where she just talks about who's <laughs> cool, who's <laughs> lame, who's dating. It's a parent teacher association meeting, and really it's just Dr. <laughs> Dr. Kim gossiping about teenagers. And all the parents, like, frantically taking notes. Oh, yeah, he is lame. I'll, I'll make sure my child doesn't talk to him. Oh, he can't have friends. But Taylor's just like, okay, <laughs> your friend is Seth. All right, buy him a present, you loser. Oh, I can't believe you liked someone enough to buy them a present. I can't believe my daughter's a cuck. <laughs> yeah, so I've new, been hanging out with that grown man. I've been hanging out with Volchuk. He's 40. <laughs> we went to high school together. He's calling kids cucks now. Is that cool, Taylor? <laughs> Do you like me now, Taylor? Am I cool? I'm going to the bar. <laughs> Taylor's mom. Don't know my name. <laughs> I'm... I don't... Well, I mean, Mrs. Townsend, I was like, do we know any names? Mrs. Townsend! <laughs> oh, <sighs> anyway, uh... That's yeah, our show. That's, that's, that's the show. That's that's what we're doing this week. That's what we're leaving you with. We said things. And, yeah, yeah, we, as I said, we just had four hours of a car ride. We're, uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty wired and tired at the same time and i gotta go read some more about what makes you an adult yeah aaron has to go read what makes you adult i have to do other stuff you don't you don't owe me you don't even know my life <laughs> uh but hey if this episode this episode was cool to you uh wh- why don't we do the housekeeping right now tell us a the thing that you liked about this episode tell us your thoughts on <laughs> no don't do that uh- <laughs> <laughs> tell us your thoughts in your review <laughs> No, I was going to say, tell us your thoughts on cucks. And I'm like, oh, no, don't. No, don't please do that. don't. Don't do that. Uh, We've never... joked a lot today. Don't use that word in exactly. any serious way. You can use it in comedic ways all you want. I think it's a really funny word if you take the power away from it. Because the only people who use that word seriously are monsters. And it is the dumbest of insults. <laughs> it's the dumbest of insults. Uh, I was talking to someone who said that like, that's essentially the male version of the other c word it's not though it's not though but it has the same sharpness to it yes it feels the same in terms of consonants on brooklyn on brooklyn 99 um that's like the word that hitchcock uses to insult people <laughs> and i honestly love it it's don't get me wrong it's a terrible word but i love it i love that the idea of this like old, old this man year old man who doesn't know what he's saying but it's ju- that's just the way that he insults people um it's fine to insult people who deserve it. Uh, oh, oh, man. You know, sometimes we give advice on this show. Maybe not this episode. <laughs> yeah, this time you should just ignore me. Uh, do not do anything I say. I'm I'm very much in the mindset of my other podcast, which is called The Third Space. I don't have ever talked about this on this podcast. Let's do that. Hey, uh, <laughs> I have another podcast called The Third Space. Uh, it's where I'm kind of more like this. And sometimes I can't listen to the entire episode because I'm like, too many sex jokes. Mm, and this is I, my brother. That episode has the explicit, that, that, yeah, that podcast has the explicit tag on it. 
Uh, but if you like this podcast, you should give us a rating, a review, a subscription uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play. You should talk to us. Tell us about 2007. What was that for you? Yeah. Maybe you were nine. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But uh, get on your social meds, all podcast MOA, podcast MOA. Or you could send us an email at podcastmoa at gmail.com. And I apologize for this episode. Can Taylor just be friends with Seth? Is this the last we've seen of Charlotte? Can Voychuk just be friends with Ryan? For answers to all this and more, join us next week on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast?